to the book of Isaiah. The book of Isaiah. Yes, we are in Amos, and we'll be getting to Amos in just a moment. But um, I want us to read the first few verses of Isaiah chapter 6. Isaiah chapter 6. There's probably no test that brings more preparation than the bar exam for lawyers. I, I didn't know much about it, and then the more I learned about it, there's whole, whole courses, well, of course, there's four years of school, but but there are courses specifically designed for taking the bar exam in various states. And, and wise individuals that are going to take the bar exam will spend months just focusing on taking this one test. Um, I've never taken a bar exam and never planned to, all right? Um, and it's been a long time since I've taken any sort of uh, academic test, and I don't really miss it. Um, I've had tests that I did not do much last-minute preparation for because I didn't feel a need to, mostly because I was diligent during the semester, was really into the class, and I didn't feel the need to cram at the end. There are others that I crammed a lot at the end, probably for the reason, opposite reason of why I didn't on some, because I wasn't really into the class and and didn't care that much, but I cared enough that I wanted to get a grade so I didn't have to take the class again, okay? And I crammed a lot at the end, and I can't say that it helped immensely, but um, most of what I crammed I didn't retain, all right? But it usually worked to pass the grade. And isn't that the purpose of education? Just get the grade and move on? No, it's not really the purpose of education, but that's what we've often turned it into, jump through the hoops. Um, From the book of Amos, we're asking the question, are you prepared? If you got a call this afternoon... And they said, this is the governor's office calling you, and Governor Kim Reynolds would like you to be at her office Tuesday morning at 10 a.m. She wants to meet with you. If you are wise, after you hung up with that, you would do some preparation. One... um, you ought to ask, what should I wear to this? 
And, and, and I know some of you, I don't care what I wear. She can accept me the way I am. Well, you're already starting in the hole if you show up with manure all over your boots and dirty clothes. and It, it will immediately send a message to her, all right? And then you'd like to prepare. You don't want to walk in and say, Good morning, Governor. We're from the same neck of the woods. I didn't know you grew up in Ottumwa. And she'd say, no, it was Osceola. Oh, yeah, I get the O's mixed up sometimes, you know. You'd want, you'd want to be prepared. You'd want to realize, you know, this is the highest authority in, in our state. You want to go in there and be respectful and know what you're talking about and to be prepared. Well, in the book of Amos, he had given many warnings and prophecies that you'll go into more tonight in your studies, but he concluded them by saying, prepare to meet thy God. So we want to look this morning at how to prepare to meet God. Um, encounters with God have an impact. You go through the Bible and note individuals that had encounters with God. When, when Adam had an encounter with God, when things were well, he communed with God in the garden. And, and yet when sin entered and the encounter with God, he all of a sudden knew he was naked and went and hid himself. His encounter with God caused him to hide himself or attempt to hide himself from God. King Nebuchadnezzar had an encounter with God that, that ended up causing him to act as an animal out in the pastures eating grass as an animal. Noah had an encounter with God and it caused him for 120 years to stay on task and build an ark. I mean, there was something there that, that all those years he stayed on task, wasn't um, distracted or turned aside. Jacob had an encounter with God, and he wrestled with God, and from that time on in his life, he had a limp that reminded him of his encounter with God. In Isaiah chapter 6, we read about Isaiah's encounter with God. Notice verse 1 of Isaiah 6. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of His robe filled the temple. Above it stood seraphim, each one had six wings, with two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door were shaken by the voice of him who cried out, and the house was filled with smoke. So I said, Woe is me, for I am undone, 
because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, for mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. So here, Isaiah records his meeting with God and the impact that it had on him. He saw the Lord and he was overcome with the holiness of God and the sinfulness of himself and the sinfulness of his culture. The presence of God exposes us. It exposes us to our own sinfulness. It exposes us to the sinfulness of our culture. And it exposes us to the holiness of God. So, how do I prepare to meet God? Number one, you need to know who you're meeting. As we've just mentioned, all of these encounters that you read about throughout the Bible are encounters with God that they are struck with the greatness of God and the littleness of man, the holiness of God and the sinfulness of man. It's not a situation of when they meet God, hey, high five, Father. It's none of that. And if since we know that we are going to meet God, we better find out what kind of God He is. And the only way you find that out is through studying Scripture. The purpose of the Bible is not just a one-way street to tell us things that would help us for eternity and for this life. It is to show us the heart and nature of God. And the more you study the Bible... You will come to know God. You will come to know His nature. And God is not the God of our imagination. We read throughout Scripture, 1 Timothy, that He only is immortality, dwelling in a light which no man can approach unto, which no man has ever seen. We, we can't even comprehend the glory of God. And we show our ignorance when we have a flippant attitude about God or a flippant attitude about meeting the man upstairs or whatever. Yes, He is our Father. Yes, He is a friend by faith in Jesus Christ. But we will be stricken with awe when we come into His presence. And every instance in the Bible, the one thing that they say is, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And it means separate from sin. We should be overwhelmed with His holiness and then... We should be overwhelmed by His love that He could come and take my wicked heart, my wicked being, 
and bring me and make it possible for me to have fellowship with him. So it is a, an awe of his greatness, an awe of his holiness, but it's also an awe of his love that, that I can even come into his presence. So really, we need to know who we are meeting. And then secondly, we need to be cleansed. God is holy, God is separate from sin, and all of us are born in sin, we're totally corrupted by sin, it's sin that God can't even look on, so, so if I'm going to meet God, there, there needs to be something done here about my sin. And that's the whole purpose God sent His Son, Jesus Christ. Turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And verse 21. 2 Corinthians 5.21 For He, that is God, made Him... That is Jesus Christ, who knew no sin, to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. He, God, sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to be made sin for us. He bore our sin penalty, which is death that we might be made the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ. There is only one way for cleansing from our sin, and that is through Jesus Christ. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. Turn to Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5 and, and verse 1. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Justified. To be made just as if we had never sinned. So we are justified by faith, having made peace with God. We were at enmity with God. Having made peace with God through who? Through our Lord Jesus Christ. It is Jesus Christ alone that cleanses us from sin. So that we can say, Romans chapter 8 and verse 1, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. So, I am justified, made pure from my sin through the blood of Jesus Christ so that there is no longer condemnation. So, I am cleansed by faith in Jesus Christ. And many times, as individuals, we think, hey, I'm, I'm prepared to meet God. I've trusted Christ for the forgiveness of my sins. I'm justified. I'm prepared to meet God. Okay, Preach on. I'm set. I'm good to go. 
are, are you really prepared to meet God? You're prepared to meet Him now by faith in Jesus Christ at the judgment seat of Christ. We mentioned this last Sunday. It's the judgment for believers only. If a person has never trusted Christ for the forgiveness of sin, they will be judged at the great white throne judgment, Revelation 20, 15 through 20. It is only for unbelievers. You know, we, we hear all the jokes that a guy died and went and stood before Peter and all of those. And they make some good jokes and good laughs, but they're totally, totally wrong. Um, as far as you, you're not going to stand before Peter and you're not going to stand and he's going to send you to heaven or hell. It's already determined by what you've done in this life whether you will stand before the judgment seat of Christ for believers only or the great white throne judgment. But in Amos he says, prepare to meet your God. Every human being is going to meet God at one of those places. And just because I have trusted Christ for the forgiveness of my sin, I, that guarantees I will be at this judgment for believers only, but it doesn't mean I am prepared to meet God. We will, and I don't have the time, we, meant, we alluded to it last week, 1 Corinthians 3, our life will be judged by fire, and if we have built our life with gold, silver, and precious stone, it will be purified. It will come through the fire. But if it is wood, hay, and stubble, it will vanish, it will be gone, it will be lost. So, in order for me to be prepared to stand before God, to be prepared for my life to be tried by fire, it is important for me, thirdly, to be obedient. Over and over, Jesus said, Luke 6:46, Why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things that I say? He says, John fourteen fifteen. If you love me, keep my commandments. First John five three. For this is the love of God that we keep His commandments, and His commandments are not grievous. In Ephesians chapter four, one example, he says, as followers of Jesus Christ. We are to put off the old man and put on the new man. All of these things are dealing with obedience. And if I want to stand before God and to hear Him say, Well done, thou good and faithful, it's not just praying a prayer and trusting Christ. It's I need to be committed to knowing His commands and obeying them. Why do you call me Lord and don't do what I want? And it's gold, silver, and precious stone. The steps of obedience 
that God calls us to do in obedience to Him to show that we love Him and that we are committed to His ways. So, of course, we need to be cleansed through the blood of Jesus Christ. But that, that just gives us life and that gives us the power to be obedient to God. And to prepare us for meeting with God. Number four, and this is, could really be a subsection of be obedient, but be a servant. Be a servant. The greatest, Jesus said, among you is the one who is as I am, Jesus said. I did not come to be served. I came to serve. And being a servant means I'm setting off my will, my desire. It's not about me. It is now about God and others. And we have often got our lives into this mode that God is here to help me with my desires. No, God is not our servant. We are His servant. And, and He's called us to that. And, and if I live my life for me with God in a Christian manner, I'm living my life. I don't do drugs. I don't commit adultery. I don't do these things. I'm, I'm trying to... But it's all for me. It's going to be gone. We aren't prepared. And we will suffer loss. And yet if we come back and we say, God, how do you want me to serve you today? I'm going to work today. I'm going as your servant. I'm in the home today. I'm here as your servant. I'm doing business today. I'm here as your servant. Be a servant. And then, it's important if we are to be prepared to meet God, that we be faithful. Matthew 25 gives the account of Jesus gave to each one various talents. And he then called them into account what they did with it. And Jesus responded to those that added to it, that used it wisely. Jesus said, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. I don't know about you, but that's one thing that I would love to have in my life. Nothing else matters. But if Jesus says, well done. I fear sometimes that we as Christians say, and it's true regarding salvation, it's not do, 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 it's done, done, done. That's true. But the Christian life is do, 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 not in order to keep being saved, we are saved, but in order to show your love for God. 
Be obedient. Be a servant. Be faithful. It, it is. It's not good intentions that he's going to reward. And he says, well done, thou good and faithful. It's not doing something once. It's doing what is right over and over and over again without praise, without recognition or reward, even in the face of judgment and criticism and reprisal and even persecution. It's doing right and trusting God in it all. I mean, Patricia's testimony of the church is threatened and terrorist attacks, and so we have to meet in different locations. Why, it isn't COVID that kept them home from church, is it? And it's not terrorist attacks keeping them home from church. We need to gather. We need one another. And to keep doing it. 1 Corinthians 4.2 says, It is required in stewards that a man be found, what? Charismatic, joyful. No, faithful. You do what is right and you stick in it and stay with it and stay with it and stay with it. Without consistency, there is no moral strength. J.I. Packer says faithfulness is our business. Fruitfulness is an issue that we must be content to leave to God. I don't care what your past is. I don't care what your intellect or economic abilities are. Every believer can be faithful. And God rewards faithfulness. And there will be many things that come in our life to throw us off track and to cause us to quit. People will fail you. People will disappoint. You'll be disappointed in yourself. There are many, many things. But we must remain faithful. Well done, thou good and faithful. See, that ought to be a prayer of our hearts. Lord, help me to finish well. It doesn't matter how you start the race. It doesn't matter even how you run throughout. It matters how you finish. There have been many, many individuals that have run a good race and then just blew it at the end. And to be prepared to meet God. And it's in the little things. God, I'm going to be faithful in reading Your Word daily because I want to know You. I mean, it's it's not faithful in these big things. It's faithful in these little things. I'm I'm going to be faithful in, in having a grateful spirit every day, no matter what comes into my life. God wants us to do His work right where we are and to keep doing it no matter what results we see, no matter what others say. We are not going to answer to others. We are going to answer to God. And if you want to be prepared, if you want to hear, well done, 
you must be faithful. Every, every individual here today has, humanly speaking, reasons why you could quit. And God really doesn't care about those reasons. He went to the cross for us. And any reason we give pales in comparison to what He bore for us. I, as I was thinking on this this week, I thought, this is, this is just mind-boggling. This, that I am going to meet God is guaranteed. And yet we give it very little thought or concern. Very little preparation. It'd be like an individual desiring to be a lawyer just walking in off the street. Yeah, I'm here to take the bar exam. And, and we think because I trusted Christ, I'm good to go. He's going to tap me on the head and say, well done, thou good in faith. No, it's not going to work that way. Well, after he wipes away all tears, everything will be all right. Well, you can think that, but to think the shame that we will have before God, I can't imagine that. After all he's done for me, as a songwriter said, how can I do less than give him my best? And, and to realize Man, this is an appointment. And there's enough of us gray hairs in here. We ought to be thinking, man, that appointment's getting pretty close. I, I better be busy about God's work. And it doesn't matter if you got gray hair. The Lord could return at any time. I mean, you think of it. What's going to happen this week? This week, we could be standing before God. I'm not making claims, but I'm saying this is the reality. And what are you doing to prepare? Do you even know God? I mean, if you were to write a biographical sketch of God, how long would it take you? What do you know about God? About His character, about His works, about His plan, about who He is. It's not just the good buddy upstairs. It's just not he's going to meet his creator. Yeah, he's the creator, but he's far more than that. And this is a guaranteed. Every individual is going to meet God. And Amos came and he gave warnings about God's judgment. And he said, you're not paying attention. Here it is. You better prepare to meet God. Well, the reality is, we must prepare to meet God. And it all begins with knowing who He is. Because knowing who He is makes me realize who I am. The Ten Commandments are given to make us realize who God is. He's holy and I've broken all ten of them, and I'm not, and I need cleansing. And then when He's cleansed me, I love Him so much, I want to obey Him. You did for me what no one else could do. I, I want to obey You. I'll be Your servant. 
And I am not going to let anything move me from this. I will be faithful to the end. Lord, I pray that, that the reality of someday standing before You would grip my heart and our hearts here today and would bring really radical change in our lives. Lord, <clears throat> I pray that we would give ourselves to be obedient to knowing You. And then, Lord, I pray for every individual here today <clears throat> that has never trusted You for the cleansing and forgiveness of their sins. Lord, I pray today would be the day that they call upon You and realize there is no forgiveness of sin apart from Jesus Christ. And then, Lord, I pray for every believer Lord, may we not flippantly take Your commands with excuse and rationalization. Lord, may we die to self and be a servant to You and to all. And Lord, I pray today for the one that might be nearest to giving up. I pray that You would encourage them to be faithful to the end. Knowing that Someday we will stand before You. Lord, may we be prepared to give account of ourselves to You. And may we hear You say, Well done, Thou good and faithful servant. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.